This is Footy Time with Johnny Raff, and we've got a very special episode for you guys today. We're going to be going through the Footy Time All-Australian team so far in 2022. Hello and welcome to the 2022 Footy Time All-Australian team as at round seven. That was a mouthful. Uh, yeah, welcome. It's a nice old Monday evening and I am sitting here watching a very nice sunset over the inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah, well, I hope you had a good Monday. And if you didn't, well, we're about to cheer you up with what you might think is an informative team, you might think it's a ridiculous team. Either way, we're keen to hear from you. So remember, footytime22 at gmail.com. Now, I just want to quickly go over my criteria, as I like to do before I do this every year. So this is basically just what I think is the team as it stands post-round seven. Um, We're not doing a team of the week. We're not really doing a rolling All-Australian team either. Uh, so I haven't been doing that each week. This is just, as it stands, who I think is in the team right now. And there's going to be some people miss out as well. It's very hard to choose 18 players across 18 teams. And there's been some very, very good performers in some similar positions. But, yeah, we're just going to have a quick stab at it, and we're going to try and have a bit of fun in the meantime as well. But we're always keen to hear your thoughts. Just keep it respectful to an extent. And... I'm very keen to hear your feedback, whether you agree or disagree. So, starting right ahead. Backline. Yes, we were hoping for something just a little bit more sophisticated with the introductions of the positions, but uh, yeah, we're just going to have to make the most with what we've got and this uh, serious-sounding voice. We'll call her Phyllis. Phyllis from the future. <laughs> okay, anyway, so starting with the backline. The first back pocket spot goes to James Sicily of the Hawks. Yeah, Sis is back. He is back. Terrible injury last year. But he's back. He's averaging 8.6 intercept possessions a game. That is amazing. And he is just a pure natural. Reads the ball in flight beautifully. It's great to see James Sicily back. Had the pleasure of seeing him in person on Saturday at the G. And yeah, it's just great to see him running around doing his thing. He's a very, very important player for the Hawks' chances. At full back, we have Stephen May of the Ds. Uh, in a defence that really took Melbourne to the 2021 Premiership, and everyone knows how well organised they were, how well they played the zone defence. Uh, I mean, look, there, there could be some other choices for this position, but I think Stephen May has been very good in what has been... Not the most stable of times in that back six for Melbourne this year. I mean, right from round one, you saw Christian Salem go down injured. You saw Jake Lever miss with a, a bit of a, a plantar fasciitis issue. Um, a few guys are running through that back line. Joel Smith, Harry Petty, look, um, Adam Tomlinson. There's been a few, but the one constant has been Stephen May, the general, down back. Uh, barking orders, always organising the troops, and yeah, he's been fantastic. Gets plenty of the ball, uses it well, and has really taken apart some good forwards so far this year. 
So I think Maisie is a worthwhile choice. And in the other back pocket, we've got Tom Stewart. He's definitely worked his way back into form. I said a few weeks ago that I think that he is the next captain of Geelong. A superb one-on-one player. Knows when to go. Knows when to stay at home. Knows when to leave his opponent to help a teammate. He's just the epitome of the ultimate team man. And yeah, you just love watching guys like Tom Stewart play. Halfback line. On the halfback flank, I have Jaden Short of the Tigers. He has just been cutting teams up in the last few weeks. Averages 28 disposals. Has averages 718 metres gained a match. It's brilliant. Um, averages about five rebound 50s per game. I said yesterday that I had no idea why West Coast left him unattended because he was absolutely brilliant with 31 and 80% efficiency. Yeah, yeah, it's been fantastic and really helps the Tigers create off our back. At centre-half back, this was not easy, but I did end up going with Jacob Wiedering. I just spoke about defensive generals and guys who can marshal the troops and lead by example, and there's no better defensive general in the AFL right now than Jacob Wiedering of the Blues. You know, without Liam Jones, he's had to shoulder a lot more of the load this year. And he's, time and time again, if you're watching Carlton play, it's usually Wiedering that stands up and gets Carlton out of trouble. When everything in that back line is just falling apart, he's the one constant. And I am very happy with my two key post backs for Jacob Wiedering and Stephen May. I love to see those two play in a back line together but I think there's no other choice for me than Jacob Wiedering and sent half back and on the other half back flank I've got Jack Sinclair of the Saints I think Jack Sinclair is the most improved player in the competition right now he is a key reason why the Saints are sitting fourth on the ladder right now uh, their transition from the back half off turnover has improved out of sight and it's Sinclair's speed that's really been the point of difference for the Saints. He's able to pinch it in the middle and bring something that I guess they didn't really have before in that inside midfielder role. And yeah, it's been fantastic to see. Uh, he's been a little bit of a journeyman, I guess, over time. But uh, yeah, he's quite elusive. He's got that sort of quick couple of steps to get out of traffic and yeah, he, he can really set other teammates off and running, which is great. So, well done, Jack Sinclair. You're in my team. Centre line. Ed Langdon on a wing. Uh, yep, he's the running man. Just keeps going. You're getting to the point now with Melbourne where you just kick it in his vicinity and he'll go get it. He'll beat his man. You trust him. He's got elite aerobic and anaerobic endurance. Um yeah, just the ultimate runner, the ultimate outside midfielder in the competition at the moment. Uh, in the middle, I've got Paddy Cripps. Yeah, look, I think it's fair to say that Cripps is probably on about 12 Brownlow votes minimum at the moment. I think uh, he's come, he's just come in with such a bang this year, especially after the injury issues last year and the criticism 
he's been he's been a lot of people's favorite player to watch this year and with good reason. He's also missed a couple of games with uh with that hemi injury. He went out against Gold Coast and then missed the one. So, but he's yeah, picked up where he left off. So Paddy Cripps, sensational. And in the other wing spot, uh, maybe slightly controversial, but I've actually gone with Jordan Dawson here from Adelaide, who's tracking to be one of the pickups of the year. He's averaging 23 disposals. He's got uh, uh, averaging 561 metres gained, which is in the elite category. He gets a shot on goal each game. He is easily the best kick in that Adelaide team, and he kicked that amazing after the siren goal in the showdown back in round three. Uh, he's got a kicking efficiency at about 72%. I think that he's everything you want in a winger right now at Adelaide. And when he's not playing in the middle, they do struggle for ball users because, like I said, you've got those guys like Matt Crouch and, um, yeah, just guys that they're great toilers, but they don't, they don't hit up a target on a silver platter. Uh, it's, it's a, it's definitely a massive um, trade-off when you have to see Jordan Dawson go down back. But yeah, I think he's been fantastic. Half forward line. Cheers, Phyllis. So for the first half forward flank is Isaac Heaney. The ultimate midfielder come half forward flanker in the game right now. There's no doubt about that. 18 disposals a game. Two goals, just over two goals a game. 75% goal accuracy. A mark inside 50 a game. And 18 goals for the season. Just an absolute sensation to watch this guy at the moment. And one of the hardest working players in the competition right now. When you look at the down the ground footage and you see Isaac Heaney just doubling back, trekking over, get... Um, really trying to work his opponent over and just creating these mismatches and confusion for defenders. He's always up and back down the ground. I actually don't know half the time whether he's pinch hitting in the midfield or if he's playing up board because he's just doing that much running. But he's a sensational player, uh, a nightmare matchup, absolute nightmare matchup. Isaac Heaney, that half forward link. At centre half forward, I've got Joe Danaher. Fourth in contested marks. Equal third with goals on 19. I think he's been really good. Um, yeah, he, he went out early in the game against the Swans yesterday. But I think his uh, first six weeks were sensational. And that has him at the centre-half forward spot. And on the other half-forward flank, I've got Jack Higgins. He's been a marvel so far this season for the Saners. Um, just fantastic pressure around the contest. In the Saints 50, he's kicked how many goals? He has kicked 15 for the season. Yeah, he cops a, a tiny bit of criticism for getting at the back often and maybe getting the odd cheap goal. But yeah, look, getting at the back is not always just about the easy stuff. It's about being clever and picking that time to get at the back. And you know, People might come back and say that, well, he does it quite a lot. Well, I don't know. He's just making the most of his uh, abilities and he's uh, helping the team by kicking those goals. They seem to be doing okay at uh, five and two. Forward line. Mm, difficult forward line to choose this so far this season. Mm, it always is. It always is. 
But in the forward pocket, I've got Zach Bailey. Yeah. 17 goals, six score involvements per game, 23 pressure acts, well above average. I think Charlie Cameron's been really good too at the Lions, but it really comes down to one forward from the Lions. He, he could go too, but there's just so many good ones at the moment. And unfortunately, Charlie has to take the chop. Bailey has been just sensational. And I think, yep, he had to be in. At full forward, it's Tom Hawkins, without a doubt. Um, and at the other forward pocket, it's Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very hard to ignore when uh, you've got two forwards there that have kicked 22 goals and 19 goals apiece there. So, <laughs> Tom Hawkins, just not getting any older. Uh, he's the guy's 33 at the moment, and one of the big suicide missions you can do as a defender in the game is try to this try to outmuscle Tom Hawkins. It, it's still the case. He's still he's probably still the strongest player in the competition. And yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a it's a total suicide mission if you're gonna try and take him on that way. His field kicking's been brilliant too. Um he's very, very good at finding other teammates in the fifty. And yeah, he's just uh a great guy to kick the footy to, isn't he? Jeremy Cameron. Well, you know, I said a few weeks ago, when Jeremy Cameron gets on a roll, he is just one of the best players in the competition to watch. Um, maybe another one that you would sort of look at and say, mm, a couple of Jeremy Cameron's goals come from out the back. Just be careful by instantly thinking things like, oh, yeah, that's that's lazy or that's just cheating or whatever. Some Forwards over time are cheaters, I guess you could say, and they have used that to their advantage. But Jeremy Cameron, no, I absolutely think that's just silly. He is a very, very smart footballer, and he'll kick goals from the front of the pack, front and square. He'll kick goals on the side. He'll kick goals on the run. He'll kick uh, goals in excess of 50 meters. He's a good set shot. And yes, he does kick some of his goals from out the back because he is just that damn good and clever he reacts to things like that the ball getting spilling to the back much quicker than i would say i would say half the defenders in the competition and that's usually where where those goals come from so yeah he's a pretty good player and he's been well worth what the cats gave up to get him he's been very good for that club followers jesus a bit ugly um so <laughs> in the ruck We've got Max Gorn. There's been a few guys who could have challenged for this position. Absolutely. Uh, you could have made a case for someone like Brody Grundy, who had, had a very good first few weeks. Tim English had played an excellent first month of football for the Dogs, and he would have been in the mix. But in the last three weeks, Max Gorn has shown exactly why he's got four All-Australians, I think it is, why he was the premiership captain last year. Uh, when it's all said and done, he could end up being anything. Yeah, he's in rare territory that very few get to aspire to. But yeah, really enjoying seeing what Max is doing. And I think uh, it's very hard to, I guess, um, quantify Ruckman's game just by looking at statistics. So, you know, quite often you... You don't see uh, how good a Ruckman was when you look at those stats. But if ever you were going to look at it, 
you would see it based on his game over the weekend against the Hawks. 29 possessions, two big-time goals. I think he took six marks. Uh, yeah, he was just an absolute colossus. And I think he had about 35 hitouts. Big reason why they uh, why they won the game in the end, I guess, he was he's the difference. And he just has this knack of being a bit... Well, I guess he is a big-time player, but what makes him a big-time player is he's just got this knack of coming through at the right time. And it's something that you probably can't teach. You just either get it by experience or you've just got it, man. So, Max going in the ruck. Ruck Rover, I'm going with Andrew Brayshaw. Where you probably all know what a fan of Andrew Brayshaw I am. He's averaging 30 touches a game. Disposal efficiency, it's 70%. Averages 10 effective kicks a game, which is, yeah, he's, he's sixth in inside 50s. He's fourth in uncontested possessions. He gets nine contested possessions a game. He's seventh in the tackles. I mean, those are all elite categories and not a bad mix there. Sounds like a pretty good player. He's a gun. Yeah, he's a gun. And so good in the uncontested game. Very good in the contested game. He's going to, I think, be the complete midfielder if he's not already. In the rover spot, I have Clayton Oliver. He's just continuing his tear, and that tear has been going since, uh, I guess, approximately bang, bang, bang by James Brainshaw. Um, yeah, in, in the grand final, obviously, last year. Uh, he's averaging 32 possessions, 15 contested, averaging eight clearances a game. That's just ridiculous. 533 metres gained per game, eight scoring involvements. These are all in the elite category. It's a, a very good platform to earn another All-Australian Guernsey. Um, I think he's probably a l- just a tiny bit off being mentioned in the Brownlow conversations just yet. Like I said, I think he's got a very good platform for it. But I think to get in that conversation, he might just have to add a few more goals to the, the repertoire for this year. I think he's just kicked the one. So he's obviously setting up a lot of them but if he can just hit that scoreboard a little bit he'll get noticed more and I think he'll get more three voters uh, but yeah interchange I'm going to follow straight on from the last player I just mentioned and onto my first interchange bench player Lockie Neal <laughs> Lockie Neal was not far off being in this team in fact he has probably had a good start to the season as Andrew Brayshaw or Clayton Oliver I would totally understand if anyone was going to attack me and say, why haven't you got Lockie Neal in there? He's been fantastic. You know, he's actually kicked some goals. He's been sensational. Yes, he has. He's been sensational. But what do you want me to do? Uh, I, I can only choose two midfielders in those spots. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the point is, I've got him here in the team. And yeah, like I said, his, his figures are very similar to the two players I just mentioned. He's... I think got five goals for the season. Yeah. I don't think we need to say too much more about Lockie Neal. We all know what a gun he is. The second interchange player I have is Kellen Mills. Maybe another slightly curly one. And for people who don't watch Sydney, well, first of all, you're missing out because they are fantastic to watch. But Mills is just the beacon of consistency. 
he has really relished becoming a full-time midfielder since he moved there last year. And he averages 27 touches a week. His game against the Hawks last week was probably the standout game for him so far this season with 37 touches and a goal. And he can perform pretty much any task you throw at him. I think he's been very good. Uh, it's hard to believe he's still only 24 as well, so he's got a lot of footy to go. But yeah, well done to Kellen Mills. The third interchange spot. I am going with Sam Doherty. This is my feel-good choice, but it's not just my feel-good choice. I think Sam Doherty's been excellent this season, and I think he's deserving to be in this team. I've noticed a lot of people had him in their week-by-week teams early on, uh, not so much in the last couple of weeks, but I think that he would definitely be in the team after round seven if it was drawn now. You know, he's got beautiful ball use. He's working at about 84% efficiency, but... On top of that, he's averaging 28 touches a game. He has been sensational, a real calming influence down back for Carlton, uh, where they've really needed the improvement this year was their back line, and he has really come to the fore here. I think he's been brilliant and a really big reason why they've been he and Wiedering. So, yeah, on your Sam, you're in the team. And at the fourth interchange position, I have got none other than Christian Petrarca from the D's. Yeah, look, he has generally been very consistent so far this year. His first two games were complete blinders. Maybe he just went a little missing in round three against the Dons, and he probably had another quiet one along the way somewhere there. I can't remember if it was Port. Definitely wasn't against GWS because he was fantastic with three. <laughs> should have had three goals in that game. But yeah, he's been very. Uh, he's been very good. He's been very good, and I think he earns a bench spot on this team. Is he in contention for the Brownlow? Yep. No, he's looking. He's got a platform, but he's probably trailed just a little behind Cripps at this stage, or, or even Lockie Neal. And I would even I would even say that Clayton Oliver is probably just ahead of him as well at the moment, just with consistency against. But look, there's not a lot that needs to be said about Christian Petrarca. We know how good this guy is. And he's a big-time player. So that is my team. If you love it or hate it, I'm, I would really like to hear some of your thoughts and who should have been in. And, yeah, I'd really like to hear it. So footytime22 at gmail.com. Hit us up. There is a, I guess, an epilogue or whatever to this team. And that is coming up right now. Emergencies or otherwise known as the apologies column. <laughs> but, yeah, so the names off the top. Max King, Tom Green, Chengyoth Jayath, who started the season very well until that hammy injury. I really wanted to find a place in this team for Angus Brayshaw, and you know, obviously there's some bias there, but uh, the last few weeks I think he's been immense. Stands up in the contest, really contests well. And has taken to his new position off a halfback flank. We just, yeah, like a duck to water. It wasn't that long ago when it seemed like Angus Brayshaw was a very one-dimensional player and that he couldn't really play anywhere other than in the centre square. And every time he was moved there, he'd do well. But every time he was moved out of there, like to a wing or to a halfback flank, it just didn't work for him until last year when he was moved out to a wing. But he seemed to have the right positional training or something the right coaching, 
something got through and something worked well. And he held down his position on the wing very well last year. And this year, the same things happened again. He's moved to a halfback flank. Uh, James Jordan's taking up the wing now. And Gus has, yeah, excelled again. But, yeah, that's my little spiel on Gus. Also, I had Shy Bolton. Pretty unlucky to miss out. I think his game against West Coast might have been his best game of the season. Uh, when he's up and running, uh, the Tigers are still in contention for finals, I'd say. Uh, even without Dusty, I think he's one of those midfielder forward types that can really get the team going. So they do have to do a little bit of leaning on show, but he's he seems more than capable of it, and I think he's probably got the goal of the year wrapped up at this stage anyway. But, yeah, he's been very, very good as well. But anyway, that is all we've got. This is the footy time 2022 All-Australian team so far at round seven. That is such a mouthful, and it's not. it does not get easier to say. But we're, we're there. So really, really keen to hear your thoughts on this. Please, anything. Where did we go right? Where did we go wrong? I'm really keen to have a discussion on this, uh, and obviously respectful, but I'd really like to have a discussion and see what you guys thought about this. We'll be back with the regular footy time next week. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. We've got some big games of footy this week. Uh, the Power and the Bulldogs on Friday night. You know, Are they back? Who knows? But if they can knock off the Bulldogs, you'd probably start thinking that they can make some noise still in 2022. We've got Richmond and Collingwood, which could be interesting, uh, fighting it out for a spot in the eight. The Giants and Geelong, that is going to be a Giants home game. Geelong's going to be very keen to uh, bounce back from that loss to the Dockers down at GMHBA. Brisbane and West Coast, yeah, that could be a struggle for the Eagles. Uh, Melbourne and St Kilda, I think it's the pick of the round. No doubt about it. Sunday, Mother's Day, 1.10pm. Not the ideal time slot for this kind of match, but look, it is what it is, and I think it's going to be a cracker. Then you've got Carlton and Adelaide, which I also think could be a very good game. You definitely fancy the Blues, though, on that front. But yeah, uh, look forward to catching up with you all next week. In the meantime, enjoy the footy. Bye for now.